We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Indiana, home of Pacers basketball. Miller for three, and he got it. Legends have been born. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits again. Memories have been made. Halliburton, a deep three for the lead. And baby! Great basketball has been played. Nembhard away. Hits a three in the water. In 49 states... It's just basketball. Flips it to the big fella, fake shoots, and But this, this is Indiana. And you're listening to Setting the Pace. Let's go! Your go-to Pacers podcast. Setting the pace with Alex and Fauci. Alex and Fauci. Alex and Alex and setting the pace with Alex and Fauci. Alex and Fauci. Alex and Alex and setting the pace with Alex and Fauci. Alex and Fauci. Alex and Alex and setting the pace with Alex and Fauci. Alex and Fauci. Alex and Alex and we got paces hooping. Let's talk stats. Hot takes. All facts. New topics. Updates. Three pointers. Fast breaks. We keep scoring. We don't need to stop. New episodes. We can drop. This your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop. Setting like the pace with Alex and Fauci. Alex and Fauci. Alex and Alex and setting the pace with Alex and Fauci. Alex and Fauci. Alex and Alex and setting the pace with Alex and Fauci. Alex and Fauci. Alex and Alex and setting the pace with Alex and Fauci. Alex and Fauci. Alex and Alex and. Pacer Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to your go-to Pacers podcast, and we are here to talk about an Indiana Pacers 12-point loss to the 13-48 and San Antonio Spurs. They fall 117-105 on the road, falling to 34-28 and on the season for the Pacers, and now I believe they are in sole position of the 8th position, Fachi, uh, a full game back now of the Orlando Magic at 7th place. So a lot of interesting stuff going on right now, but the Pacers are not playing good basketball Fachi, how's it going? Things have been better. I, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I do know why, but there was something about this loss that really, really frustrated me. I just I just thought that the Pacers would respond better after what they went through against New Orleans on Friday. I, I truly felt that they would be ready to rock and that the Spurs would be, you know, not to say like a tune-up game, but the, a great bounce-back performance. And what I saw in the first quarter kind of really set the tone for this game. The Pacers later on, you know, they, they they made a lot of good efforts, but that first quarter really dug them in a hole. They trailed by 10. They only scored 16, and I just felt that that kind of set the tone for San Antonio to really be a threat in this game, and that's exactly what they were. The Pacers were never really able to uh, 
you know, get control of this one. Yeah, according to the broadcast, I believe Chris Sinari said that 16 points was the fewest the Pacers have scored in a first quarter all season long. I believe it. And then you go back to that Pelicans game they played on Friday, and they gave up 48 points in the first quarter, which was the most points have given up in a quarter all season long. So, yeah, just not good basketball right now from the Pacers, and I think we kind of have to start with the head of the snake, Fachi, Tyrese Halliburton. He was held to zero points against the Pelicans. Comes out in this game, shoots 4 of 16, 12 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. You know, it's just one of those things where we're seeing an underwhelming Tyrese, and we can also see a very frustrated Tyrese. Over the last four games, Fachi, the Pacers are 1-3. and three. Tyrese Halliburton is shooting 26.5% from the field, averaging 9.5 points per game, 7.75 uh, assists per game, and three rebounds. Now, listen to this stat. The Pacers are now 4-9. and nine. When Tyrese Halliburton has under 10 assists, then they're also 4-9 when Halliburton has 15 points or less in a game. So really, they need Tyrese to get back to who he is because he is the engine that runs this thing. And while we can sit here and praise McConnell for all that he did, great game for McConnell, but it doesn't matter if Tyrese Halliburton isn't playing at his best or at his highest level because we've seen in this four-game stretch here, when he looked his best, that's when the Pacers were actually winning the game when he doesn't look his best things don't go well for this team no i'm worried i'm worried right now i mean the stats that you just shared over the last couple of games i mean it, it doesn't get any worse than that for an all nba caliber player like tyrese Halliburton. it really doesn't and there's been you know that graphic has really you know become very popular about his pre-injury and post-injury stats yeah. so over, over a larger sample size let's just take a look at this pre-injury Tyrese Halliburton was averaging 24.2 points per game, 12.7 assists, 4.3 rebounds, doing it on just under 50% shooting from the field, just over 40% from three, and about 87% from the free throw line. Post-injury, prior to this game, obviously so these numbers are going to take a hit, it was 14.7 points per game, so a drop off of about 10 points per game. Uh, assists went from 12.7 to 8.6, so you're talking about four less assists per game. A rebounds dropped from 4.3 to 2.7. His field goal percentage dropped from 49.6 to 44.8. From three-point land, dropped from 40 to 34.4. And then from free throw line, that, that dropped off about 10% as well, 86 to 76%. It's a big difference right now. And I like to think that if there wasn't so much riding on the line financially that Tyrese would have set, sat for longer, I think All-Star break didn't do him any wonders because it was not a break for that man. And now the Patriots are in a tough situation because they're dropping games. He clearly does not look the same. And I'm sure he's fighting every urge, if there is, uh, you know, a push from the front office to take a rest. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what that would be, but I, I do think like – he came back after All-Star break, had a really good game against the Pistons, looked like himself again, kind of felt like, okay, we're slowly getting Tyrese back. And he's had some other games where he's played pretty good basketball. It's just recently he's looked like he's in this slump. And I think it all kind of started with that Toronto game. Toronto really frustrated him defensively, and you're starting to see teams figure out how they can impact the Pacers a little bit more. We saw New Orleans go to that zone defense that really flustered this team. And we can talk about it because people don't want to sit here and say that, oh, the reason we're struggling is because we don't have Buddy Heald. And I'm not going to go out there and say it's only Buddy Heald not being here while we're struggling. But 
what Buddy Hill brought to this team offensively. He was a powerhouse for this team and how they're built and how they like to play. Spreading the floor, constant movement off ball. It just opened up so much more space for everybody. Now you substitute him for a guy like Andrew Nimard, who's a much better defender, but they teams do not respect him the same way as a shooter. And even though Aaron Neesmith has put up good numbers this year, the same can be said for him. And Pascal Siakam, the same can be said for him. Teams do not respect them like they did Buddy Heald. And even at times, you know, Obi Toppin has shot the ball incredibly well this year. Him coming, you know, back into the bench role and not playing as a starter, that does also hurt the spacing a little bit more too. So I think a lot of it has to do with the spacing and the kind of looks Tyrese is getting and the different defensive coverages he's getting thrown at him. It's a learning period for him, Foch, and I think it's going to take some time. So, you know, I don't know if you heard Rick Carlisle's comments after the game against New Orleans, but like the very first thing he said is like, this is not a Tyrese thing. This is a Pacers thing. So don't even go there. It's not a Tyrese thing. Really standing up for his guy. But I don't think you can simply say this is not a Tyrese thing. It is a Tyrese thing. It is. It's, it is a Pacers thing too, but it's, it's, yeah. it's a combination of both. And Tyrese, I just said it, he is the engine that keeps his car moving. So they need him to kind of, figure things out, and every great player goes through something like this, Flash. There's no doubt about it. It's it's a two-game stretch right now, really maybe a four-game stretch. He's not looked his best, but like coming back from this injury, trying to figure things out, there's been a lot of lineup uh, changes because of the guys that have been hurt reentering and you know being back and forth in the lineup. I, I understand why people are frustrated. I'm frustrated too, seeing this team not playing well, but I think there's a lot of different levels to this and layers to this, and it's not just a black and white. Tyrese hasn't been good. That's why we suck. No, I'm I'm very frustrated. I'm sure that the Pacers are as well. You could see it, you know, on TV, especially against the Spurs. It's just like you can't just say it, it's a Tyrese thing because look on a night like tonight. Let's just put it this way: Victor Wembanyama looked unbelievable, and it's not like Tyrese is guarding him. So it's not like like that has nothing to do with that. But the struggles of of Halliburton, obviously, when he has it going. We talked about that's the engine for this Pacers team, and he has not had it going. And I know that he will get it back together because this man is special. But for right now, it's been tough to watch. And obviously, yeah, if you you hop on Twitter, he's getting dragged. And I I don't think that – I think everybody is deserving of criticism, no doubt about it. But we can't just point the blame at him when Tyrese has dragged us out of countless situations this season with big shots – big assists, whatever you want to say. And he's made so many huge plays that, look, if he's going to struggle, let him struggle now. Let him struggle now compared to, you know, come, you know, deep April when the Pacers are looking to, you know, win in the playoffs. But right now I am getting nervous because about a week ago we started counting the game saying, hey, you know what, a shot to take the fifth seed, not too far back from four. Now we're finding ourselves in the eighth seed range. That is not where you want to be. Because look, any matchup against the Celtics, I know, I know the Pacers took beat Boston twice this year. Celtics look so good right now that it, it would be deflating to get to the playoffs, but be an eighth seed, or even to just be in the play-in period. But your your comments on Buddy Heald, it's it's true though. Because look what the Pacers when they traded Buddy Heald, what they brought in was Doug McDermott, another really good three point shooter that has not been able to translate that on the court for the Pacers. Pacers have gotten close to nothing out of McDermott. I know he's he's been out for you know the last few games now, but that's a big loss that has really just thinned up that bench right now. And the Pacers do not have an answer for it. You talked about hey your Aaron Eastmans and your Ben Shepherds, 
they just don't demand the same respect from three-point land that Buddy Heald was demanding. And I think that that's because Buddy was, you know, consistent. I think a guy like Shepard in and out, you know, hey, we'll see. Neesmith, the percentages are really good, but Buddy Heald at any point, I feel like could become a flamethrower from three-point land. Yeah, it's the respect level for Buddy Hill. You're talking about a guy that had the most made three pointers, like top three with Clay and Steph for I don't know how many years it's been, but yeah, it's like over the last five years, he, yeah. he was he was top three. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that that just like the level of respect everybody has for him. It and we can debate whether or not the Pacers should have or should not have traded him. You know, I understand the pros and cons to both of it. Maybe you just write it out because you know, Buddy Hill, the contract situation was a big talking point and he wanted yeah. to get paid. So you know, Indiana was trying to figure out what they should do, and he got benched in Charlotte for Andrew Nimhard, and then they ended up trading him that week. So obviously some writing on the wall there. Things were just not looking good for Buddy Hilden in terms of getting a new contract. But, yeah, overall, like, you talk about it, you're a little worried, but I think that with 20 games left, only two games back of the fifth spot, only a game and a half back of the sixth spot, it's okay to watch the standings a little bit as we get closer and closer, and I know I kind of opened up with it, but it's also like – if you're constantly looking at it every single night, you're going to be a little bit nervous and you're going to have an anxiety attack. So I would say let the month of March play out before you're just constantly like glued to the standings and, and let see how this Pacer team bounces back. It's very rare that we see this team lose a lot of games in a row. They've done a very good job of not doing that, which is why I think everybody expected a big win against San Antonio, considering San Antonio is a lottery-level team. Yes. But you talked about that first quarter earlier. I was just really disappointed with the effort and energy this team came out with. And and I feel like how is a team that is destined for the lottery playing better, you know, playing with more defensive energy and effort than a team that's trying to position themselves to be a top four team in the Eastern conference. Now you're going to have games like that all the time, but it's like, man, it's just frustrating. You, you know, this is where the Pacers kind of have to ask Tyrese Halliburton said a few months ago, we have to grow up. We can't continuously allow ourselves to get down this rabbit hole of, you know, playing down to the level of our competition. And Victor Wimbanyama, that looked like a future MVP in the making. Oh I guarantee God. this guy is going to win an MVP within the next five years, Fachi, because special he was unguardable tonight. The shot making that he was doing, the defensive awareness, I mean, the defensive presence that he had was just unreal. Guys constantly had their head on a swivel because they knew he was within blocking their shot distance. I think he was close to another five by five game and this yeah. one too. If he didn't get it, I haven't even looked at all the stats yet, but he was really close. I know that. Yeah. I mean, he, he had 31 points, 12 boards, six assists and six blocks. How many steals? Just one. So, okay. So he yeah, had a four by five, but still good. Grief. But it's incredible. I mean, even bad passes to Wembenyama, it's not a bad pass because he's so long mm -hmm. that I, I felt bad because I felt like Pascal Siakam was battling, trying to do anything he could. And it's just like, you got to remember, this is a guy who's about seven foot five and incredibly gifted. We talked mm -hmm. about what he did, you know, across, he also won three or four from three. I mean, there's really nothing that he can't do right now. So I found myself just in awe at times of just like, almost just being a, a fan of his game while yeah. I'm really frustrated on the other end. I'm just like, Wembenyama, man, that, that guy is everything and more that he was advertised as. The shot making was incredible. And I tweeted it out. Like almost everything that he was taking was hitting the bottom of the net. Like yeah. you're not talking about rattling some shots in. Like these were just swishes. And like some of them, like were just step backs over guys, fadeaways mm -hmm. over guys, just because he's got that length on them. 
But I, I mean, honestly, like the defensive presence that he has out there on the court, like he can cover so much space. You know, guys constantly were afraid to take shots in a pick and roll against him, drive at him. I know Matherin drove at him a few times the beginning of the third quarter. Nimhard drove at him and he literally pinned the ball up against the backboard and grabbed it and started a pass break. It's just like, hey, you know what? This dude is an alien type of player. I'm not here to just ooh and awe about him, but I, I, I thought that he really just completely impacted the game on both sides of the basketball and really made it difficult. Like the Pacers had their runs when he was not in the game, put him back in and the Pacers had no, no answer. So he really was the difference maker, I think for this Spurs team in this game tonight. And the Pacers would not have been in this game tonight without TJ McConnell, 26 points on 13 of 15 shooting in 27 minutes. That's the second most points he scored in his career, I believe. And in a game, 29 was the highest last year at Milwaukee, but five assists, two rebounds, like, McConnell was honestly so, so good in this game. And it's a bit of a bummer that he was one of the only guys that was really effective and efficient for the Pacers. But, you know, this is this is why you need a guy like McConnell. But, man, you really needed someone else to step up and help him. You you really did. You really did. And I, and I just felt like, yeah, hats off to McConnell because it's just so crazy where we started at the beginning of the season. He's out of the rotation. You see him like – I don't know, like tonight, it was just like he was the guy that had it going. But, yeah, it just feels that, unfortunately, for the Pacers, if, how, if uh, you know, Matherin and, and TJ McConnell are your leading scorers at times, like you're probably not. It tends to be in losses, and I think that that's unfortunate. But it shows when that happens, it's because the starters don't have it going. Yeah. And I felt like tonight the starters did not have it going. I mean, Siakam, you know, had his. It was great. You know, he, he had his moments. 21 points, eight boards, but you're looking around, and, and I mean, to say that the rest of the starters weren't efficient, that's an understatement. Yeah. I mean, if we just walk through some of these numbers real quick, I and mean, we talked about Halbert, he was four of 16. That was tough to watch. Andrew Demar, three of seven. All right. Miles Turner, six of 17. I mean, it's Turner's not getting them 17 shots a lot, but to, for Turner to go six of 17, that that's tough. And then Neesmith, hey, it's it's great to have him back, but on a night like tonight, one of seven from the field. Obviously, I mentioned Siakam, who played pretty pretty well at times. Um, at least, you know, from a efficiency standpoint, ten of seventeen. Um, I, I felt like for if you're starters, I'm not gonna quickly do that math in my head. I'll have to get back to you on that, but it is uh it is rough. Definitely was Fachi. Uh, I think twenty four made shots for the starters tonight out of about <laughs> almost 55 something close to that shot so not not good shooting at all but yeah I mean Aaron Neesmith I, I think his return is kind of throwing things off and this is why I've talked about the fluidity of the lineup and, and how these guys just lack that chemistry because they haven't played a ton of minutes together you know that they they come out because Neesmith has that injury in Toronto they come out after the all-star break Matherin ends up being the starter and, until Neesmith returns. And it felt like they were starting to find some chemistry with that group. They were. And then all of a sudden, Neesmith's back, Matherin back to the bench, which I understand why they're doing it. Trust me. I get it. I, I totally understand because before that, they were playing pretty good with that group. So don't have a problem with it. But then all of a sudden, they start going through a little bit of a rut again. And I, I just feel like the constant changing of things makes a difference. And the one thing that Matherin brings to the table with that starting five that Nimhart and Neesmith don't bring the ability to be an isolation scorer, the ability to put the ball in the basket in a different variety of ways. Like 
Sure, you can see that from Nimhard and Neesmith at times, but it's not their natural gift. And that's why there's so much expectations for Matherin to like reach that ceiling because what he brings is what this Pacers team is lacking in that starting five. And that's someone in the backcourt, that wing spot that can kind of help Halliburton. Uh, we know Siakam and Turner are kind of going to do their things. And at times, Siakam, you know, he can score 21 points and be pretty effective. Like 10 to 17, then that's pretty good numbers, right? So not like it was a bad overall performance from Siakam, but, you know, this is where you need that other wing scorer to kind of help with Siakam and Halliburton, kind of that big three type guy. Uh, we've got our big two now, and now we need our big three. But Neesmith just does not bring the same level of scoring. Now, defensively, that's why you have him in there. Same with Nimhart. I think that's pretty obvious. But I think there can be a case for maybe you stagger minutes a little bit better to maybe get Matherin more minutes with Nimhart, Halliburton, Siakam, and Turner after they develop that chemistry. And we saw that to kind of close the second quarter, which I thought they did a pretty good job making this a game at halftime after being down so big early. They did. The Pacers were able to cut it to four. Uh, just right right at halftime. And I felt like, okay, hey, you know what? A four-point game, if things were ugly to start, we're going to be just fine. And then I just felt that you know, that lead started to really stretch for San Antonio. And it just, I don't know. I, I felt like I started, I don't want to say I was losing faith in the starters, but it was just the last couple of games I've been just like, well, what's going on right now? And uh, for San Antonio, I mean, it's a, it's a young team that every, every night they're going to give their all, win or lose. And I felt that the Pacers, once again, overlooked them. And I made a joke just a little while ago saying, like, yeah, Pacers are going to try and catch them all, you know, try and catch a loss to all the teams at the bottom of the standings. And they're, they're getting close to it. And it, it, that's not what you want. I, I said it before. I thought this was a perfect get-right opportunity. That didn't happen tonight. You look at San Antonio, and, you know, expectations were not to be winning at all. But they got some good young players on that team that I feel that – uh Hey, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if the Spurs shock some more teams towards the end of this year, uh, yeah. just because Wembenyama is starting to come into his own and everything like that. But when the Pacers played San Antonio earlier in the year, they dropped 152 on the Spurs. Tonight, they scored 105. Yeah. 140. I mean, a 47 point difference is insane. So it shows that this, this that Spurs team was probably like a deer in the headlights in the beginning of the year, and, and now you know, they're starting to they're starting to get get a little bit of experience underneath their belt. But for tonight, this is a a major wasted opportunity for Indiana. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think this kind of shows you, too, the growth that Wimbledon has had in his rookie season Definitely. from the beginning of the year to now. That 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 was one thing that really stood out to me. You know, Devin Vassell had an okay game, but I felt like Keldon Johnson was just unbelievable in the second half. I think he had 15 of his 17 points in that second half, and it felt like every time the Boy. Pacers would get it within two, here would be Keldon Johnson at the end of the shot clock hitting a three-point shot. And I was like, good grief. Like, I understand, like, why the rotations are the way that they are sometimes and why he's getting these open looks, but it's just like, this dude cannot miss right now. So I I, uh, I was a little bit frustrated, just like, oh, my God, like, Wimby and Keldon Johnson cannot miss anything right now. And it just kind of shows you, like, even the worst teams in the NBA have that much talent. They can oh, yeah. beat anybody on any given night. And so I think that on paper, yes, the Pacers, this is a bad loss for them, but Overall, I think you feel like, okay, let's figure things out moving forward. Uh, I was looking at the numbers here, Fachi, in terms of Jalen Smith and Aaron Eastman since they've returned. And so Jalen Smith in five games is shooting 14 of 31 from the field for 45%. He's had some games where he's looked better, uh, four of nine, four of seven, four of six, a couple games, with two games of one of six and one of three. So not good for him. And then you've got uh, Aaron Neesmith, who shot 4-12 the last two games at 33%, so he's got to get better. Yeah, and look, you're happy to have those bodies back because those are two real solid contributors to the Pacers. So it's better to have them out there than to not have them overall, but you wonder just how healthy is this team. Holliburn's obviously, you know, ho- uh, hobbled. Neesmith's obviously banged up. Same with Jalen Smith. I mean, I'm still confident Turner's got that back issue. I feel that he has not missed the time that he had typically missed in previous seasons, so you got to be happy about that. Nemhard's battled injuries all year. Uh, I I felt like, I mean, and Matherin a little while ago had that toe injury. Look, this is where we're at with about 20 games to go. People are banged up. Will the Pacers be able to get healthy at the right time? I don't know. I don't know because now they really can't afford to rest anyone at any given point because – it's just getting really competitive out there. But, man, uh, th- this was a tough one. Just looking back at, at that last game against San Antonio, I looked at it because I was like, man, I remember when Minyama just looked human in that game. This was a stat line last time we played uh, the Spurs. 13 points, 10 boards on 3 of 12 shooting. Yeah. Tonight, he looked elite. <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 think, uh, I think a lot happened during that span. The growth's been there, and I think for the Pacers, you know, they're, they're just uh, kind of going a little bit of a different direction right now. I really hope they snap out of it, but the, the schedule isn't really giving. So I think at this point, you you, you got you to gotta snap out of it real quick. And for that, I, I hope it doesn't take long. Yeah, you can't look too far ahead. I think you just got to take one game at a time if you're Indiana and just play who's in front of you because every game is crucial moving forward. And this offense really has to figure things out because, Fachi, for the season, the Pacers are now – Zero and sixteen when scoring hundred and ten points or less this That's season. Just insane. So it, you know they've got to figure out a way to get their offense grooving again because this offense is not grooving. 
and it might not ever be grooving like it once was either. Now I understand part of that's intentional with the way they've changed things up schematically yeah. I, with the uh, addition of Pascal Siakam, but they have to figure things out because they got to play to their strengths and they're best when they're scoring at a higher level. I mean, I've had people even stop me at my work that are more casual fans that don't dive into the, the nitty gritty of the numbers and things like that. But they're like, yeah, when they score about 120 points, they barely lose. You know, they need to score more points. And I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty good you know observation, right? So I, I do think that one thing that is a little bit uh, missed, Ben Shepard these last two games not being available, you can say yeah he's the tenth man on the rotation, like he shouldn't matter that much, and I'm not saying he's the reason why we lost not playing, but I do think they've missed his presence out there because he is shooting the ball better of late, and his defense is much better of late too. So I just think having him not out there has hurt this team. It is a little bit of a bummer that he's been sick and he's going through this. Nobody's missing Doug McDermott at this point, but everybody, you know, is excited for what Ben Shepard's done. And I think that what he's brought as of late has been much needed for the Pacers and their success. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm with you. I don't think that Ben Shepard's the difference in this game, but the Pacers had opportunities where they were cutting it to, you know, a two point game in the fourth quarter. Okay. Hey, look, so you never know what could have happened. You know, Shepard's had some some moments this year where he's hit a three and, and gotten a steal, and that's led to a basket. And it's been, you know, five, six-point turnarounds. But a night like tonight, like, obviously McConnell was fantastic. You know, Nemhard, I mean, uh, Matherin gives you 13. But if Obi gives you two and Jalen gives you four, I mean, you, you're just – the bench is essentially two guys producing uh, from an offensive standpoint. So – it's just not where you want it to be, and I feel like for Ben Shepard, it would have helped to have him out there. Don't think he would have made a difference against you know New Orleans in that game, but um, you know I I'm, I want to put this out there. This is the most worried I've been all season. There's been bad losses that I've been able to be like, you know what? Hey, they're tired. Uh, you can shake it off. You can make up whatever in your head. I'm looking at this right now like I'm nervous. I'm nervous because the the way the schedule is. If the Pacers drop a couple games right now, you're really going to be like, we, we might be locking ourselves almost into a play-in territory. And at, at that point, coming into the season, yeah, making the play-in, that would have been fine. But we saw enough like signs of potential greatness to know that this team's capable of more. And it's just, we're going to look back at the end of the year, and we're going to add up the amount of losses that we've had to teams that are solidly picking in the lottery. And it's going to be a shame. And we just can't afford any more of those. And you also know it's not realistic to beat every team that you're better than. But when are the Pacers going to be able to handle business more consistently? Yeah, they've been an inconsistent team. And I think that's been what's frustrating about them overall is because you've had a lot of high highs, but you've also had a lot of low lows. And that's, that is the biggest thing that I've, I've felt myself dealing with when trying to observe this team and kind of give a good analysis on them. Because it's like, well, you know, we've had four wins against Boston and, two against the Celtics and we beat Philly twice. And man, we've looked pretty good against the Cavaliers this year, but then you go back and say, well, we've lost to, you know, Toronto twice and we lost to Orlando twice, which they're better than us right now and standing wise, but still like a lot of these teams that are either, either like in the same tier as us or below us, we've lost some really big games. So I think that does matter a lot. And with 20, 21 games now under his belt as a pacer, the Pacers are 10 and 11 since the Siakam trade. And we've, we said, you know what, we're going to get a good sample size of what this is going to be like, but it's been with constant injuries, constant, 
lineup changes. Yeah. And I and I think that overall we're gonna figure things out. I think Rick Carlisle's got it all under control in terms of like finding the right groups to play at the right time. It's just you can only do so much with the roster you have currently constructed. And if you were to tell me, Flachi, that this team goes 10 and 10 the next 20 games and finish the year with 44 wins and 38 losses, I think fast, you know, rewind four or five months ago, everybody would have been like, that's a great record. Oh, yeah. So the Pacers are playing really good basketball overall for the season. But because they traded away that pick this year to the Raptors, everyone is starting to get a little bit panicked. But still, even if they had that pick and it becomes pick 14, okay, would you rather have pick 14 or Pascal Siakam? Just be honest with me. Give me Siakam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, what would we do with the 14th pick on this team? That is like 14th is such a like In this uh, draft whoa. too. You know, what was that? And in this draft, too. Yeah, a draft that, honestly, no one's excited about right now. There's always going to be a couple good players. But, like, you heard what, the, what it was at the deadline. People didn't want to make trades for first-round picks, not in this draft. But the 14th overall pick in this draft and where the Pacers are at just would not have made sense. It probably would have been a pick that they would have looked to trade anyway. Give me Siakam. Uh, I think that that record that you mentioned, 10 of 11, like, Look, no one feels great about that. But, yeah, you, you look, talked about the stretch the Pacers went through during that span. I mean, Halliburton misses a lot of games. Neesmith misses a bunch. Jalen Smith misses a bunch. I mean, uh, Matherin's out of lineup at times. Like, everybody was just banged up and tired and, and going an all-star break. You can make a lot of excuses. It, it is what it is. I think that the Pacers, you mentioned 44 wins. I think, honestly, I think that's right around where I predicted in the beginning of the year, and I felt good about it. I felt they were just slightly above 500 team. And I think coming into the season, yeah, that, that is something that a lot of people would have been proud of. But somewhere along the way, with some of those big wins and then the run to the in-season tournament, expectations changed. And I think that if the Pacers can still get into the playoffs, that would mean something. If the Pacers yeah. got bounced in the early play-in, it, it, would, it would lose – what it once could have been. And I just don't want that to happen. Being a top six seed, it looks like it's slipping away a little bit. The good news is a lot can change in a week. A week ago, our mentality, everything everything we were saying was a, a full 180 of what we're saying right now. So it starts with winning. It cures all. Winning does cure all, Fachi. But you know what also cures all? Are our amazing fans. And so I want to close out the show today giving a shout out to my man Garrett, him and his wife sent me a, a package of five different sauces, Fachi, from Ooh. Buffalo, New York, right they there in your backyard. Too. How far are you from Buffalo? Very far, very far. Okay. So not in the backyard. <laughs> Buffalo is probably about a good, you know, a good six hours from where I okay. live. Okay, that is a far back. That's a pretty yeah. distant backyard right there, Fachi. It's, it's a large yard. Um, But I, I wanted to give him a shout out. I'm not going to try the sauces tonight. It's a little too late for us doing this recording right now. And I am pretty hungry, but I did want to run through these sauces real quick um, just because I thought it was super cool. We got two sauces from Bar Bill. It's a, it's a tavern up there. We've got the Honey Buddy bar, honey Butter Barbecue. So I can't, can't talk. And then the regular medium. Uh, this is all kind of brought up because of me and Fachi doing the Chick-fil-A sauce draft and the Buffalo Wild Wings sauce draft. So uh, those sauces look fire. Then we've got Tully's. Uh, original honey mustard dipping sauce dressing and spread. Now, I will admit, I did open this one. And I had it with some french fries on Friday night. 
and it was very, very delicious. So I really enjoyed that. We've also got uh, Weber's horseradish peppered mustard. Now, I'm, I won't lie. I'm not the biggest mustard guy, Fachi. It's okay to me, but I am excited. I, I believe in the note they sent me that the, the mustard and the honey mustard together uh, on a hot dog are mm -hmm. like the way to go. So I'm going to have to try that eventually. Then we've also got Ted's hot chili sauce, sweet and spicy relish, original recipe, perfect on just about anything. So I'm excited to try that as well. Then addition to that, to, to just throw in something else besides the sauces, we got some platters, chocolates, milk, chocolate, sponge candy. And I I've never in my life heard of sponge candy, nor have I had it. I don't know if you have I've or not heard of it. I've never had it. So I'm with you. You're definitely going to have to let us know exactly how that is as it relates to the sauce from Tully's. I have been there. My wife grew up not terribly far from Buffalo. I think maybe about an hour or two. So I've been to Tully's, a couple of different restaurants, really good sauce, great wings over there. So definitely appreciate all the sauces that you sent. Uh, hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, and I, I want to make sure I correct this. It is the Weber's mustard and Ted's chili sauce that you put on the hot dog, mm. not the honey mustard. So I apologize for that one right there. want to make sure that I do get the correct combination there. But the sponge candy, I'm going to try it on our episode for for, uh, for Thursday, probably Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Uh, I, I want to try that because I think it's going to be very delicious. I, I, I just, it looks very weird, but it looks like it could be really good. Uh, the note said you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it, but you're going to love it. So I'm going in with a positive attitude, Fachi. It, it, it just, the bag felt a little bit bizarre to me too. I was like, man, this is some weird stuff right here. Like I'm kind of nervous to try it because I want to like it, but I'm afraid I might not. But but yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. And, uh, you know, Fachi, if you're ever in Indiana, I'll, I'll save some of this sauce so we can have a wing, you know, podcast so where we good. talk about all these sauces and we'll try them on all of them just to make sure we're fair. But uh, I'm not opening them yet because I don't want to waste them. I want to wait till I'm going to use them correctly. That's true. Um, That's true. Because it was yeah, about the honey one, mustard's in the fridge right now. Six six sauces or so, five or six, something like five that. Five of them. Yep. Yeah. So you don't want to open up all five at once, you know. So, uh, but it is the gift that we'll keep giving because they will last for a while. So yes. that'll be great. So once again, want to thank out our uh, thank our fans for doing that. And you know, if you guys ever want to share anything uh, with us on the podcast or whatever. You know, reach out to Fachi and I on social. We'll we'll try to hook you guys up with a way to get things to us. And I know I have talked about it for the last month plus or so about us having some new merchandise in the making. Uh, I had to put a halt to that because I just want to make sure we get out the merch you guys want and not just throw stuff together. I, I'm trying to come up with some creative shirt designs that are worth buying and not just a, hey, here's our logo on a shirt. Let's rock and roll. No, I mean, we want to come up with something pretty clever. So I'm going to work with some people that are really into graphic design. And hey, if you're listening to this and you like graphic design and you want to maybe participate and be a part of designing a Pacers t-shirt uh, involving setting the pace, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, email me at alexgoldenmba at gmail.com because you know what? I think that me and Vachi are open to any kind of idea because we want you guys to be involved. You guys make this show. So I thought this sauce thing was one of the coolest things ever. Uh, I will never forget Rooster getting his jerseys right, custom-made homemade Pacers jerseys with our name on the back with the number one. So, you know, that was super cool, these sauces. So I, I do not forget, and you become a staple of this show when you send this stuff. So uh, not saying you have to, but, hey, if you want to stand out, that's going to help you.
Hey, no one's got better listeners than us. We really appreciate everybody who's ever downloaded, played, any anything of the sort, especially if you've ever been on the show before. Hey, we appreciate you all. All right, Pacha. Well, let's go ahead and wrap things up here. Anything else you want to throw out for this game, or do you just want to get right to our social media? I want to throw this game out. I don't want to throw anything <laughs> more towards this. I want to forget this even happened because my blood was boiling after this, and I went – now I got to hop on a podcast and talk about it. I felt like yeah. I was about to go to a therapy session. So I just want to be able to move on past this and, uh, you know, just, just be able to get back to winning. Yeah, I will I will read Fachi's text before we came on here when the game's almost over. A, a one a two-word text message sentence, this sucks. I was like, oh, my yep. God. Then it was text uh, me whenever you're settled and ready to rock once it's officially over. Like, Fachi was just like. I, I was just looking at There was like a minute and 17 seconds left. I just remember that specifically. I was just like sitting there just being like, oh, come on. Just please get this game over with. Like, yeah. I know we're not coming back. So, hey, there's going to be those games. I wish there was a more of the we beat Boston, we beat Milwaukee, you know, what whatever it is. And we're racing to the the pod to be able to you know share those moments those are the best post-game yes. pods so i look forward to the next one yeah this is another sad this is another sad post-game podcast recap you know we've had about you know 20-ish of them maybe i don't know we've had 28 losses but i wouldn't say all of them have been bad losses but yeah no. you know six of 30 from three Fachi. that's another thing we did not point out tonight yeah that's a big problem the three-point shooting when we don't hit we're not usually winning games no we're not, but also that recipe, and that is something to keep an eye on. What you said it was below 110 points per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pacers are what 0 16? Is that what it is? 0 16 when they score 110 points yeah. or less this year. So I mean, that's 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 a good uh, good stat to keep an eye on because it's just the Pacers are not playing good enough defense to be able to hold the team to really you know sub 110. So you better be able to score. I'd say, you know, 120 plus. So yeah. something to definitely keep an eye on tonight. We just we just didn't have it on either end. 117 points. Look, still below what we give up on averages. But when you give up 117 to one of the teams that are at the bottom of the standings, you know, it's 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 not necessarily a win. Absolutely not, Pachi. But let's go ahead and wrap things up. We got a mailbag podcast coming tomorrow, but tell everybody where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at PacersPod, STP. Find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore FACCI. You can find us on Instagram at PacersPodSTP. You can find us on Facebook, Set the Pace. You can find us on TikTok, Set the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, the Pacers Podcast. We can find all of the video content that we put up there. Subscribe to the channel. Let us know what you're thinking in the comment section below, and we will respond to those comments as we love interacting with our YouTube people as well as those that prefer the audio platform where you can find that wherever you get your podcasts on those audio platforms and leave us a five-star rating and review to help other people find this podcast that you guys are listening to on the daily. But Fachi, if you're hoping the Pacers can recover from these bad two losses to New Orleans and San Antonio with a win against Dallas, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.